Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This will be my second entry concerning the objects I have had the displeasure of handling in Evidence Locker 13. In case you missed the first entry, I will provide a brief explanation. Evidence Locker 13 is a collection of improvised weapons, devices, and crime scene artifacts verging on the edge of pure hellishness. This emporium of torture devices and booby traps is referred to within our Metropolitan Police Department as the Maniacs Museum. Since photographs are prohibited in the Maniacs Museum, I will do my best to convey the terrors of these objects through words. Object number 223, The Quiet Box. The Quiet Box is a wicked contraption built in the basement of a junkyard owner. This sadistic sarcophagus is constructed primarily of iron. The long sides of the box are five feet, and it is as tall as it is wide, at a mere two and a half feet in both dimensions. The lid of the quiet box is particularly heavy, with a lead core. This cumbersome lid is actually a separate piece from the box, and instead is fitted to a hydraulic piston which drives the lid down into the box from above. It is, for lack of a better word, a crusher. It crushed people. Unfortunately, it's not that simple. If it was, the quiet box may not have earned its place in the museum. The quiet box derives its name from the torturous manner in which its victims take part in their own demise. The piston which drives the lid is controlled by a rusty old gearbox. A single crank of the gears will lower the lid by about half an inch, a slow process. This gearbox, however, is only activated when a microphone rigged into the side of the box detects a certain decibel level. With each screen, the lid lowers a tick more. Claustrophobic space inside the box vanishes away with every sound the victim makes. The lid presses down and down until they are flattened. It's a losing game, of course. The decibel level required to activate the gearbox becomes progressively lower with time. After a few hours, the sound of your own ragged breathing is enough to set off the hypersensitive sound meter. At this point, it becomes nothing more than a human vice grip. The quiet box claimed four lives in its career, all female. There were no survivors. Object number 301, Chloramine Crackers. The creator of these disgusting little things sure must have hated ravers. The chloramine crackers are designed to pass off as glow sticks, though they are a bit more rigid than your average rave accessory. These fakes are about six inches long and an inch in diameter. They are translucent and filled with a very thin liquid. The chloramine crackers come in a pack of five. For those of you unfamiliar with the workings of a glow stick, I will explain how they work. 
Illumination is created when two separate chemicals are introduced to each other inside the stick. A thin glass capsule on the inside of the glow stick contains one of the liquids, and when the stick is cracked, this glass capsule ruptures and allows the pair of chemicals to mingle inside the plastic tube. However, in the case of the chloramine crackers, the outer shell of the glow sticks rupture as well. The material used in the crackers is a brittle type of plastic that easily develops stress fractures along the length of the stick before shattering completely. The inner capsule of these devilish glow sticks is filled with ammonia. The outer tubing is filled with a highly concentrated bleach. On three different occasions, chloramine crackers were distributed for free outside of popular dance clubs. In the midst of the crowded dance floor, some unsuspecting kid would crack one of these three glow sticks and douse his friends in a cloud of chloramine vapours. In those tightly packed clubs, with poor ventilation and several intoxicated individuals, fumes from the chloramine crackers could really do some damage. There are no reported deaths in connection to the crackers, but a total of 36 individuals experience severe respiratory irritation, vomiting and throat swelling. While not particularly fatal, the chloramine crackers are fiendish in design. Object number 197, the Nicky Nashville tapes. This exhibit is a set of cassette tapes removed from a small time recording studio downtown. These are the recorded final moments of a gruesome unsolved murder. Before I read the transcription of the tapes, I should set the stage by describing the crime scene photographs. These pictures show a small recording booth three walls covered in matte black paint, and the fourth wall had a large window behind which the sound engineers sat at their mixing desks and recording equipment. Acoustic guitars sat in a rack in the corner, and at the centre of the room stood a lone stool and a microphone. The whole room was awash in blood. It was splattered on the black walls, and bloody handprints were smeared across the glass. The instruments did not sit undisturbed in their rack, but were instead tossed across the floor around it, bent and broken, and leaning against the walls. The wooden bodies of the guitar were coated in black soot. Next to the stool lay two bodies under white sheets. Here is a transcription of the tapes. Nicky Nashville. That one felt pretty good. How did it sound your end? Sound engineer. You fell a bit flat on the end there. You think you could run through that last verse one more time? Could I get a glass of water? I'm starting to dry up. Sure, no problem. Russ, would you mind? There is some shuffling, a door opens and closes, then ten seconds of silence. How are you feeling? Well, this is so surreal, I can't believe I'm actually in a studio. <laughs> well, believe it. Nervous? Very. And it's fucking burning up in here. What's the thermostat set at? There's more shuffling, then the door opens and closes again. Thanks, Russ. Could you take it into the booth tour? A chair creaks. The thermostat's set at 65. You want me to turn it down lower? A door opens and closes. Russell Stewart. God damn. It really is hot as hell in here. It's really 65? I can turn it down. Fuck, I, I feel like I'm melting. I'm a loud thud. Shit, Nikki? What the fuck? The recording here is overtaken by a very loud sound, like heavy wind. Get me the fuck out of here. 
there is some pounding on the glass and the sound engineer yanking on the door handle. It, it won't open! The roaring sound grows louder. A second sound, a high-pitched screeching joins in. Holy shit! What the fuck is that? The words at this point are indecipherable due to the growing discord, like there is a hurricane inside the recording booth. There is a lot of screaming and the foundation of the building can be heard rumbling. Russ! Russ! Watch out! Dear God. If you listen very carefully, you can make out a canine-like snarling in the din of the roaring wind. Where'd it go? The magnetic tape on this portion of the tape is worn away, resulting in a solid 30 seconds of white noise. When the tape continues, all of the sounds have ceased, apart from the studio engineer sobbing. The attached coroner's report concluded that the two victims, Nikki Nashville Emerson and Russell Stewart, died due to a combination of extreme heat exposure and external blunt trauma. Skull fractures and broken ribs are consistent with signs of a physical attack, likely with a weapon of similar size and weight as a wooden club or a table leg. In addition, the victim's internal organs were partially cooked, as if heated from the inside. Unfortunately, all of the interviews with the sound engineer that was present at the scene have been removed from the record, and his name excluded from any of the Nicky Nashville tapes materials. Hi guys, it's Brimstone here. I hope you like the second part of our Maniacs Museum series. The original story can be found in the description box below. I uh, just want to say thank you ever so much for listening to the video. I hope you enjoyed it. So good to see so many people watching my videos on here. It's crazy. I love it. But um, if you like this, make sure you give me a comment, um, a like, subscribe, whatever you feel I deserve. And I will see you next time. So until then, sleep tight. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line.